Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie, good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Bringing down news of the day, none other than Jackson White, co-founder and editor-in-chief of Politoscope, TYT Rebel, HQ creator and host on the YouTube channel, Politics and Paper, always a fascinating analysis. Top story of the day, former President Donald J. Trump goes anti-Jewish in his rhetoric. And in another story, he also admits it was him that ordered people to do the illegal things to overturn the election. Let's go down, put it up for a mask. What you see here is a truth social post. Trump decides to attack the Jewish community amid the celebration of Rosh Hashanah. He contextualizes this as liberal Jews, but I'm going to explain why he did so. He says, and I quote, just a quick moment, just a quick reminder, excuse me, for liberal Jews who voted to destroy America and Israel because you believed false narratives. Let's hope you learn from your mistake and make better choices moving forward. Happy New Year. And then he provides all of his so-called accomplishments for the Jewish community, okay? Now, I want you to keep that graphic up because there are some who will say, well, he's only talking about um, liberal Jews, really? Number one, why would that make a difference? Because I guarantee you if Kanye West would have said something like this and contextualized it as liberal Jews, he would be called anti-Semitic. I disagree with the comments of Kanye West, just like I disagree with the comments of Donald Trump. Kanye West and others provide a contextualization that I thought should fall on deaf ears. So should this contextualization about them being liberal. There's another dynamic. That's quite interesting. In addition to him basically trying to shame members of the Jewish community to vote for him, he's trying to create this monolithic political class. Let me put it another way. What's to stop him from saying black liberals and then whatever else he wants to say? Do you see my point? Let's go down the rabbit hole. The former president also admitted to something. The former president said he did not listen. He did not listen to his attorneys who told him he had lost the election because he did not respect them. That's what he said. We have the video, here it is. He did also take some degree of credit ownership for what's happening. Um, let's play that soundbite now. Were you listening to your lawyer's advice or were you listening to your own instincts? I was listening to different people. And when I added it all up, the election was rigged. Were you calling the shots though, Mr. President, ultimately? Uh, as to whether or not I believed it was rigged, oh, sure. I, okay. I, it was my decision. Yeah, it was his decision, all right? Okay, uh, prosecutors put forward several examples of Trump being told by his aides that fraud claims he was promoting were 
false. The indictment cites instances where Trump was informed that his claims were false by then Vice President Mike Pence, the Director of National Intelligence, senior members of the Justice Department, the Department of Homeland Security, Cyber Security and Infrastructure Security Agency, his own staffers, state lawmakers, as well as state and federal courts. But the defendant disseminated them anyway to make his knowingly false claims appear legitimate, create an intense atmosphere of mistrust and anger and a role public faith in the administration of the election, the indictment reads. Now, I will say this, that's all the prosecution has, um, good luck. But I think they have more. While we're talking about how he felt, what he believed, who he trusted, who he did not trust. Did he listen to a small voice on the inside of his mind or did he flip a coin? It doesn't matter. Did he try to order the United States military to take away voting ballots, voting machines? Did he try to utilize his intelligence apparatus in order to overturn the election? Did he attempt to coerce other state officials to do the same? This goes beyond the arena of thought into the arena of action. Those are the things that will define his fate in court. All right, Jackson, thoughts here. Yeah, you know, how funny is it that a man who says two Corinthians instead of second Corinthians <laughs> right. is making a statement about anything to do with religion or traditional doctrine or spirituality or whatever. But you know, Donald Trump is uniquely crafted. Well, I don't know if it's unique, but he's crafted his brand in such a way that it's so built on hate that if he says this stuff about Jews, well, you already know there's a big portion of the base that really doesn't mind and in fact really likes it. And he's fully aware of this. Um, but the, the bigger issue with Donald Trump is that ultimately all he's doing is freaking out and trying desperately not to go to prison. So when he's in these interviews saying, yeah, basically it was all up to me and I didn't listen to this person because I just, I just thought I won. Well, not only that, but we also have him on tape on, on, uh, on uh, being recorded saying, find exactly this many votes or you know, look at my nuclear documents that I'm not supposed <laughs> to have. Like, right. It like it doesn't matter how you look at it. Like this, it, we, he's caught dead to rights. If it was anybody else, it would be over and done with. But I, I'm just really curious to see how this ends because you got 91 federal charges against you, and every day you're you're making a complete clown of yourself. So you know, but somehow Joe Biden's tied with him. So there's that. Right, exactly. There's <laughs> that, and military soldiers in their early 20s have been prosecuted for much less. And right. they've said, listen, I was unaware that the top secret document was in the back of my vehicle. It doesn't matter, you're getting prosecuted, period, All right? Two cops decided, well, they're going to just rob people. They robbed a lot of them, put up their pictures full mass. You're looking at two criminals who wore a uniform and decided to call themselves police officers. Former East Cleveland officers Willie Warner Sims and his partner Alfonso Cole were sentenced for stealing thousands of dollars over a one year period from drivers they pulled over during traffic stops. Both pleaded guilty to four counts of robbery and one count of theft in office. Sims and Cole robbed six victims between July 2020 and July 2021 and swiped 
according to the official record, $14,781. Cole also took two firearms. Sims was sentenced to two years only in prison. Cole will spend two years and six months behind bars and must pay a $40,000 fine. Let's keep their pictures up. First of all, they're only getting two years for armed robbery. Why is it armed robbery? Because they were armed when they did the robbery. They were in their police uniform with all of their weapons. In addition to that, they robbed multiple people. Now, I know the narrative says six and you have a total of 14,000 plus. But the reality is there are many people these individuals robbed who said nothing. For example, people who may have been doing something not so legal, but they robbed them too. We have one example of a person who was bold enough to say, listen, he robbed me. I didn't want to say anything, judge, because you know, I sell dope. <laughs> but they robbed me. And the judge believed them. Let's put it up. The pair were caught after 21-year-old, 21-year-old man filed a complaint to the East Cleveland Police Department stating that they took $4,000 from him during a traffic stop at a gas station on July. 8th, 2021, the man was on his way to pay for the funeral of his mother. That's according to cleveland.com. Sims and Cole were subsequently arrested the day after the man reported the theft. A year before that incident, Sims stole $3,850 from someone after responding to a call about an altercation at an East Cleveland gas station. He took the money, arrested the victim, and had the victim's car towed. In September 2020, Cole, Officer Cole conducted a traffic stop and stole $850 from the driver and about $400 worth of suspected marijuana. Then he issued the driver a traffic citation that included his signature and a forged signature of a police sergeant who was never at the scene. There's more. Two months later, Sim, Officer Sims took $1,300 from a 34-year-old's car during a traffic stop. Sims ordered the victim out of the vehicle. And when the victim returned, he noticed all of his money was gone. The victim told the judge he didn't want to initially report the crime because drugs were also in the car. On July 8, 2021, the same day, Sims and Cole stole $4,000 from the man trying to pay for his mother's funeral expenses. Sims conducted another traffic stop and stole $781 from another person. That victim reported that Sims stopped him, told him to step out of the car. He refused, so Sims, quote, rubbed him up a little. According to his statement, Sims placed a victim in the back of his police car, then ransacked his car, stole the money as well as some of his marijuana edibles. So now the county common pleas judge Michael J. Russo tells Officer Sims that his actions disgraced hardworking officers. The one person that the public should be able to have confidence in would be your emergency services, your police officers, your firefighters, your EMTs, Russo said. You're shaking the confidence of the public in the criminal justice system and the trust they put in police officers. 
Russo told Cole during his sentencing that he damaged everybody in the community. When an individual who is a police officer has taken that oath, he in essence is a criminal, is in a criminal category of his own. Russo said, he in effect is a traitor to the system. He's far worse than your normal burglar, or robber, or criminal. Now let me stop to that point, Judge. Judge Russo, I read your sentencing. I agree with everything you said, except the part where you accepted the DA's recommendation. That's it. You talked the right game here. You said they should be held to a higher standard of accountability. But they're worse than anyone else because of the oath they took. I agree with that sentiment, which means they've robbed multiple individuals, armed robbery. They went on a robbing spree for a year as a team. But they only get two years. Come on, sir, you know good and damn well. They should receive way more time than that because I'm sure you have sentenced individuals who did far less and got far more. Um, Sims, Officer Sims apologized, all right? He apologized to his loved ones in court saying he was sorry for putting myself in this position, end quote. These arrests and convictions stem from a department wide investigation into East Cleveland police as authorities look into allegations of corruption. Police Chief Scott Gardner faces charges connected to fraud, theft, money laundering, and records tampering. Crimes that he denies committing. More than a dozen current and former officers with the department also face numerous criminal charges rotten to the core. Rotten to the core. The chief is doing it, sergeants are doing it. Commander is doing it, so they're rolling around doing it as if it is legal. Well, it might as well be, it's accepted within the cultural normality. You don't think anyone else knew that they were stealing? The reason why we know about the six individuals on record is because they had, well, the boldness to report it. What if you actually did have, let's say, a compromised situation? Let's say you were just thankful they did not arrest you for another crime. Or perhaps you just did not want smoke with the East Cleveland Police Department and you allowed them to steal your money. The six people that came forward are the reason why these individuals are behind bars. For two years, slap on the wrist. All right, Jackson, thoughts here? Oh, yeah. I mean, you would expect maybe something like 10 to 15 at, yep. at least, you know, like for something like armed robbery. Even if it's like a first-time offense, normally when when people get hit for it, but uh, you know this they this is completely egregious, completely arbitrary, and on purpose. I mean they they I mean honestly, stealing in general, like robbing people. I understand why people do it if they're down and out, and maybe they're very young and they don't know any better, and they're just trying to survive. But these are two fully grown adults who made the decision to do this systematically. It really doesn't get much lower than that. Um, perhaps maybe taking people's lives. Yeah, that that's definitely a bit worse. But I mean, this is just sick. They don't know what the money's for. They don't care what it's for. Uh, it's just theirs because the and it had to have, in addition to get putting money in their pockets, made them feel like really cool and, and you know bad, like they was real bad or whatever. 
And now he's up in court talking about some, I'm sorry I put myself in this position. I mean, you look like a clown because you are one. A civil asset forfeiture is a huge issue in this country. And I mean, you know, certainly they should have got more time than two years, but at least they got something. At least, if nothing else, they're embarrassed. Yeah, I guess that's something in this. I guess. Yeah, Yeah, I guess. Rolling Stone co-founder reveals he's racist and he's sexist. Put him up full mask. This is a hell of a story. Jan Winner, who co-founded Rolling Stone magazine and also was a co-founder of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, has been removed from the hall's board of directors after making, well, disparaging comments toward black and female musicians. He just couldn't help himself. Um, So the co-founder created a firestorm doing publicity for his new book, The Masters, all right? Which features interviews with major people, major musicians, Bob Dylan, Jerry Garcia, Mick Jagger, Bruce Springsteen, and more. All white, all male. So there was a question during the interview, why did you not speak with women or black musicians. The co-founder of Rolling Stone responded, it's not that they're inarticulate. Although, go have a deep conversation with Grace Slick or Janis Joplin. Please be my guest, you know, Joni Mitchell was not a philosopher of rock and roll. She didn't in my mind, Meet the test, he told the Times. He continued, of black artist, you know, Stevie Wonder, genius, right? I suppose when you use a word as broad as masters, the fault is using that word, maybe Marvin Gaye or Curtis Mayfield. I mean, they, they just didn't articulate at that level. In quote, in the interview, he seemed to acknowledge he would face backlash. So before I read this next quote, I need you to understand, he's not off his rocker here, okay? He's well aware what he's saying is racist and sexist. He anticipates response because of his extreme point of view, but he couldn't help himself. He says, just, just for public relations sake, maybe I should have gone and found one black, and one woman artist to include here that didn't measure up to that same historical standard, just to avert this kind of criticism. I mean, damn, man. I mean, damn. Do you hear yourself, sir? Let's put her up for a man. Perhaps you should have listed Sister Rosetta Tharp. Who many credited as the mother of rock and roll, predating both Elvis and Little Richard. So, as you know, when they are caught and it impacts money, here comes the apology. Let's put it up. So, late Saturday, he apologized through his publisher, Little Brown and Company, saying, quote, In my interview with the New York Times, 
I made comments that diminished the contributions, genius and impact of black and women artists. And I apologize wholeheartedly for those remarks. He added, I totally understand the inflammatory nature and badly chosen words and deeply apologize and accept the consequences, end quote. There you have it. Now here's the thing, for the first time, I'm being exposed to the fact that he's racist. I had no idea he was, none. But I promise you the people around him did. I'm sure other members of the board of directors were aware. You gotta think about this, a guy doesn't all of a sudden do a major interview and expose his racism. This is how he talks, this is how he rolls, so to speak. All right, Jackson, thoughts here. Uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he could have just not said these things, yeah. and, and he knows that. Like it, it you know. But um, he kind of strikes me as a guy. Maybe you know, I've been here since, in his mind, day one, and now you know, all these rappers and these kids, these crazy people have taken over the industry, and we just don't know what music and art is anymore. But in doing so, he sounded like he don't know a damn thing about music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I mean, like. Uh, rock and roll pretty much coming from blues. If anybody's familiar with Led Zeppelin, if you listen to their first album, it sounds like a blues album. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, so he sounds like for somebody in the position that he's in, he sounds like he don't know nothing about music. And just regardless, um, music uh, is one of the most, in my opinion, wonderful parts about being a human. It's something that we all can appreciate and communicate and connect with. And it's something that all feeds off of each other. Um, so just again, just the whole way he framed it seemed like he's mad about where America is and the direction that it's going. And that was like his way of getting it out a little bit. So you know, you make you make a compelling point. And he may have for someone to be in that type of executive position within that genre, to not understand the historical significance of the tapestry involved in creating what we know today as rock music is baffling. To say right. the least. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of comments. Before I do that, um, you can still vote. All right, we've been nominated. We've actually broke uh, broken the record for most nominations because of you. Um, thank you so much in advance. So we've been nominated. In Atlanta Magazine's Best of ATL 2023. Uh, you can vote at tyt.com slash vote in the following categories. Uh, best radio DJ slash um, host, best talk radio show host, best TV anchor, best local podcast. You can vote once per day until September 30th. Once again at tyt.com slash vote. I appreciate every single one of you. Okay, we've got a lot of comments. Let me get to as many as I can. Pray Crazy Flake. This is so sad, um, I used to respect Winter, but he could be doing all of this for publicity and book sales. I think it's just racist uh, and said the you know, inside part during a major interview. All right, okay, that's interesting. Donald Trump's 116 indictment says, <laughs> been a member for 13 months, thank you for that by the way. Another day, another chance for more indictments. <laughs> Lock them up. <laughs> All right, that's great. Um, anomaly me. Uh, good afternoon, all. I pray everyone had a fantastic weekend. 
More importantly, I pray for a Karen double dose. Well, damn it, you're in luck. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. They don't want it. Oh. 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 Oh, that's not good. My information tells me that this could possibly be Karen on Karen crime. We don't know for sure. Let's put it up full mass. Details are not plenty here, but we do know that the individual who got out the car did that to the windshield is probably the winner in whatever competition they were in. This could actually be some kind of fun sport, okay, that they do in parking lots across America. I don't know, stranger things have happened. Jackson, thoughts here. I mean, it always, you know, really kills me when people get this angry on the road. When it's like, who cares? Like, whatever it is, you know, you could just wave it off. My man's got out of the car, was pushing on it, putting his finger in his face. Apparently, he thought nothing was going to happen, but this is one of those instances where he thought wrong. You know what I'm saying? So that's at least maybe a $500 window job that he's going to have to do. Insurance will almost certainly cover that, though, because you know he he didn't really do that. So at least there's that. Hopefully, he has insurance. You know, doing all of that. But uh, but yeah, no, he uh he found out for certain, and uh that you know sometimes you just gotta just swallow it and keep on going about your day. It's really not that big of a deal. Yeah, and I gotta say this: insurance may not cover it, Jackson. If they yeah, can prove yeah. that basically you brought this upon yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. That's true. Yeah. That's true. They're always they, looking for a way to not pay. So. They may end up getting this video. <laughs> right, right. All right. Double dose. Call me a bitch again. <laughs> Call me a bitch again. Yeah, you guys did nothing wrong. I said you shut up. No, you shut the <laughs> up. You shut the up in your bitch. Goodbye. You shut the Goodbye. film me. I'm Instagram famous. You I don't condone utilizing any type of derogatory language. Um, It was the I'm Instagram famous part that piqued our producer's interest. Let's put up the picture for a mask. We had to do some serious investigation on this. When I say serious investigation, I mean we had to go to TMZ. So according to TMZ, this video shows a woman exiting the plane and telling passengers she doesn't mind being filmed because she is in fact Instagram famous. Da. Um, never thought I would hear that as a retort. Uh, she is model Morgan Osmond, according to TMZ. Model Morgan Osmond has claimed she is the woman in the footage. It is currently unclear if Osmond is the Instagram famous woman or is or which flight she was on. Morgan has 975,000 followers and is a designer slash model residing in Miami, 
Florida, all right? Previous altercations include Morgan Osmond, was also known as the Uber B word. Um, ironic, isn't it? And original bad girl from the reality show Bad Girls Club season five in 2010. Morgan was removed from the house in episode two after breaking into the production's office and having a physical altercation with co-stars. Well, there you have it. All right, Florida. Jackson, thoughts here? Well, you know, it had Miami and it had Los Angeles, which are two <laughs> of the most super uh, superficial places on earth, especially if you weren't born there. So you're like mm. in the midst of all the just the business culture and stuff like that. But no, it, it, the, the funniest thing about this, she said she's Instagram famous, then she called it, then she called them a bum while she's in coach just like everybody else. You know what I'm saying? So them almost million followers seem to not be affording you first class, which goes to show that followers are not always dollars. And yeah. much of what you see online simply isn't real. So, you know, she and she and lastly, she strikes me as a very happy individual, you know. Yeah. So we, we call it flex. Yeah, flexing, exactly. You yeah. when it went, but this time it went wrong, you know what I mean? Right. There you go. <laughs> All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Always good to be with every single one of you. Okay. Members, all right, let us not forget. Um, the third episode of member exclusive Justice is Coming content is available. It is available today, tyt.com um, and Apple Podcasts for members only. Uh, in episode three, Jank gets a little wacky, answering a myriad of fun book related questions, all right? How did he celebrate when he first finished the book? Um, there's a lot of there there, all right? So make sure you check it out, tyt.com forward slash join. Okay, interesting. Uh, nasty habits, nasty dragon. We know, we all know that black music is the foundation of popular music in the USA, especially rock and roll and jazz. And that's why it was baffling that he made absolutely no connection. I mean, went the opposite way, like he didn't know the connection existed. But he did say he would, he should have given black people that were not talented enough an honorable mention, basically. Like Just Stevie Wonder and, and Curtis Mayfield, you know, <laughs> right? They, they, like, they was like, you know, like. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> damn. Yeah, I'm bro. so disappointed. All right, he just, he just mad. That's all. Mm, that was extreme. <laughs> uh, Tyler Hackner, you're indisputable famous now. Yep, I'm talking about the yep. Instagram model. Yeah, uh, that's going to get her over that one million mark. <laughs> and what I like to do, you know, Jackson, sometimes I just like to help people get to their goal, to yeah, reach their dreams in life. Yeah, you're a good brother, man. That's why so many people appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's right, you, brother. You, you good when you good when even when it ain't necessary. You know, that's right, saying? man. So that's I didn't have to do that for her. Yeah, you didn't, but you somebody did. needs to tell me thank you <laughs> uh, next. Somebody got to do it, man. That's right. <laughs> All right, uh, rock and roll uh, forever. I like that. Uh, thank you, by the way. Um, police here in in Charleston. Carry, uh, carry no rescue inhalers. Getting taser can put your heart in uh, AFib along with COPD. Almost died after an arrest for a Facebook hate speech toward MAGA. I'm sorry to hear that. If you have any evidence or video, please submit that to indisputable 
at tyt.com, all right? We'll love to have that and bring voice to your story. And about the Rolling Stone situation. Yep, uh, Ambrosia Lyra. Well, okay then, tell us how you really feel. Um, progressive Boomer, remember for nine months, thank you for that. Uh, nine wonderful months, keep on rocking, Dr. Richie, and thank you so much. We rock because you rock, right? Iron sharp as iron. Uh, Gabby Mathis, gifted one indisputable with Dr. Shabridge membership, thank you for that. Twin Dragon Tamer, thank you. Love Jackson and, Do- and the doctor on indisputable. Love PMP memberships, I've dropped today. Walk, don't run to get yours. Yes, there politics you and paper memberships dropped this morning. I well, last it. night, but this morning we got it rolling. So appreciate that, everybody. It, it, it's so encouraging, man. It really is. So, man, you you earned it, dear brother. You earned I it. Hope so. yeah, <laughs> I hope absolutely. so. I hope so. I'm doing my best. So, doing a great job, uh, Paula Faust. Uh, welcome to Indisputable. Thank you so much for joining the train of truth. Okay, hell of a thing. A racist man sentenced to years in prison now because he said he was gonna kill him and N-word. Anybody that came out of his neighbor's home, put him up for a mask, give you the background. I'm killing me an N-word is what he said. A man from Maine said he wanted to kill any black person that came out of his neighbor's home according to the Department of Justice. He now faces five years in federal prison. The man's name is Charles Allen Barnes. The 47 year old Maine man is facing federal charges for making threats against his black neighbor. Charles Allen Barnes of Lewiston was arrested on Tuesday just outside of Portland, charged with one count of violating the federal interstate threats statute. Prosecutors allege that Barnes targeted his neighbor, labeled as KT, and her son due to their race. According to an indictment, Barnes is accused of using an internet-based multimedia messaging service to send the threatening voicemail in August of 2022. He claimed he was near the neighbor's home with intentions to kill any black person who emerged. I've been parked outside. KT's apartment since early this effing morning, sis, waiting for someone to step outside. And the first one who does is gonna die just like that. He said, court documents allege, I don't care if it's her kid or her or her boyfriend. I don't care, I don't care, I'm killing me an N-word. Now, he may not know this, but because he provided that much detail, It made his claim specific and actionable. You see, if he would have left the detail out, if he would have been very general in his, let's just say, extreme threatening language, it would have likely been covered under free speech because it is not specific and actionable. But because it was both very specific and naturally he's next door, he's a neighbor, actionable, well, Now you got a charge, hell of a thing. According to the DOJ, he faces up to five years behind bars. The FBI Boston Division investigated the incident. Barnes took to his Facebook account to air out his grievances since his charges were announced. He said, and I quote, ever since the story put out by Maine's Attorney General came out about me, my life has been hell. 
between consistent tampering with my car, harassment from a few customers, eviction, death threats, etc. He said, according to the outlet, charged and convicted are two separate things, but no one cares. In another post Tuesday, Barnes shared a link to the Eminem song, Love the Way You Lie, featuring Rihanna and wrote, all I will ever be is a monster pretending to be a man. Oh, sweet, sir, I, I, I hope you quote that poetry when they convict you of five years in federal prison. He had no apology, he didn't even have a defense. He didn't even say, listen, that wasn't me, I didn't do that. He says, my life has been hell since they caught me. Jackson, the privilege runs deep with this one. Extremely deep and uh, you know it, how right he was though when he said he's just a monster pretending to be a man. Right. Um, and interestingly enough and unfortunately uh, people's call for helps can end up in others lives being lost. But I mean, you know, when people are just doing these manifestos online and they're like leading up to what they're gonna do, it's like they're somewhat asking someone to come in and stop them from doing it. Yeah. It, it, like, it, you know, maybe not every time, but it's just so interesting the way that people work and the way we go about trying to, you know, help ourselves. But this guy, I mean, clearly he belongs in prison. Five years probably ain't gonna be enough for him. He might do something in there, gonna get him some more time, who knows? Hopefully right. he can get him some protection for his own sake. I don't care if he get any protection while he's in there, uh, but that's his problem now. But the bigger issue is that guys like this legally purchase weapons. And um, this is a good example of why we need more action from the FBI to really go on the lookout to see who's talking like this online. I mean, it, unless you have really nefarious intentions, why are you saying these types of things? Right. So luckily you got caught. There you go. Hell of a thing, police officer, plain clothes, caught in a road rage incident. We have all of the background. Here's a video. What are you gonna do about it? I'm in my lane, you're cutting me off. You're literally trying to run me off the road. What are you thinking? You have your kids in the car, bro. You he the police, damn it, he don't care. Put up his picture for a mask. What you going to do about it? Amanda Witherspoon, 38, was driving on the interstate in Garland near Dallas, Texas. When that man, an off-duty cop, attempted to switch into her lane while his children were in the back of his car. But she refused to do so, the officer cursed at her, hit her car and forced her to move, she said. Austin police, they have confirmed. The off-duty officer seen in the road rage video is Officer John Hadaway, look at Hadaway. Talking about the incident, Ms. Witherspoon told reporters, and I quote, to me, if you just can't handle life in traffic, you probably should not be a police officer because he's supposed to be a peace officer and he's supposed to serve and protect. And he's out here harassing and tormenting people because 
he didn't plan ahead, end quote. The incident is currently under investigation. Here's a statement from the Austin police. They say the Austin police department is aware of a recent online video involving an off-duty APD officer engaging in a verbal altercation with another individual on the road. Our department holds its officers to the high standards of professionalism and accountability, both on and off duty. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. He's not just accused of having a verbal altercation. He's accused of hit and run. He's accused of putting his children in danger, okay? He's accused of traffic violations. And according to Ms. Witherspoon, he's accused of not planning ahead. All right. Jackson, they're already massaging, trying to limit what he's actually accused of based on the narrative from Ms. Witherspoon. Yeah, absolutely. And like she said, he didn't plan ahead. You know, he somehow forgot we live in a digital age where everybody's recording, even when you don't want to be. You know, you can say something about spaghetti, and then the next thing you know, you pull up your Instagram and you've got a bunch of spaghetti on your phone. That's just (laughs) the times that we live in. So, yeah, he didn't think ahead. Um, But I mean, let's be serious. If he's kind of this wild when the uniform's not on, then when he has it on, he must have even more confidence. So, uh, you know, any at any point that police officers can be held accountable like this, it's very, very important um, because it has a lot to do with who they accept. You know, who who the, the recruiting process. If more and more people can be held accountable, that'll help maybe a little bit uh, to attract better uh, candidates. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we got the show here indisputable, and this is some of what we do. That's right. Well said. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. A lot of show left. Always good to be with you. Um, Instagram famous. Okay, Cyber Gothica says, "Why Karens love airplanes so much?" Yeah, it needs to be a no fly policy for Karens. I mean, that would be something. We got an update. Um, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert inside of a family friendly environment doing the unthinkable, having the unthinkable done to her. Here's a video. Let's also, as we're looking here at footage, let's give credit to the quality of the night vision cameras at this theater in Denver, Colorado, extraordinarily clear. Because the 36-year-old congresswoman first denied reports that she had been vaping during the performance, but you'll see in a moment, she was. According to the Denver Post, a pregnant woman seated behind her asked her to stop. Taking flash pictures. There it is. Before Spilbert was ejected for causing a disturbance at the show. But thanks to the high quality cameras there in that theater, Bobert had to change her tune and apologize after surveillance video revealed that she was indeed vaping, as well as she and her companion explicitly groping each other repeatedly while they were in their seats. The congresswoman, a mother of four and a grandmother said, quote, I simply fell short of my values on Sunday. Oh my goodness. Put her up for a mask. We we just threw the mug shot that she had up from a few years ago just because we wanted to. Let me get back to the story. 
this is what's wrong with our nation. Isn't that what they do when something like this happens? This is tearing the fabric of American society, ripping it apart. The unethical savages known as Christian evangelicals. Um, all right, so more salacious details of Bober's attendance at the Beetlejuice, uh, the musical performance have come to light. Now she's apologizing. Here's the irony, let's keep the picture up. You know, if she would have just said, you know what, I'm so sorry. I messed up, I made a mistake, um, I should not have been vaping. They probably would not have released the other part of the video. That's possible, okay? Because for some reason, it didn't get released in the beginning. Like we should have had all of this up front. They just released the one part that you said didn't happen. So there's an apology, that apology is a possible sign that Bobert knows her latest exploits are not going to go well with her a Christian evangelical constituent, which by the way, I think is going to be fine with them. Bobert, who also has a long history of arrest, has painted herself as one of the most anti-LGBTQ community members. She is against them and she wants people to know it in the US Congress, a tough critic of children being exposed to drag, according to her. But then there's a twist, okay? Before I go to the twist, let's put it up. Bobert said what? Take your children to church, not drag bars. Drag bars, you say? I'm gonna come back to that in a moment. Um, she has also attacked the use of drag queens for military recruiting. Uh, the US Navy is now using drag queens for recruitment. Do our military leaders understand that China and Russia see this stuff and prepare accordingly? We need a non woke military, better yet, an anti woke military. Um, ironically, uh, you know, the US military has done these kind of performances for decades. Uh, let's put it up, oh man. According to the New York Post, a bar owned by Bobert's apparent new lover. The one she was fondling, Quinn Gallagher, has staged at least one drag show, according to a review of social media posts. In January, the Hooch Craft Cocktail Bar in Aspen, which is co-owned by Quinn Gallagher, staged, quote, a winter wonderland, barlesque and drag show. Barlesque and drag show, an invitation for the event reveals. And it doesn't seem to be there's any type of backlash or, you know, issue with him. I mean, are you not upset at him? Bobert, does, does this not go against your values? Or perhaps, perhaps, madam, you don't have any, not real ones. You only have the fake value. You know why Republicans are not calling you out? Because. They know that the values are fake too. They're not offended by this. They're not offended that you date a person who makes money from drag shows. They're not offended that you go to a children's theatrical event and you fundle your partner and your partner fundles you. You also decide to break the rules and vape while there's a pregnant woman saying, please stop. None of your colleagues are gonna call you out. Except for Marjorie Taylor Greene, but she doesn't like you anyway. The reality is you all continue to promote a false narrative about value and decency. 
while at the same time voting contrary to common sense, compassion. That's who you are. So you can continue to talk about how you fell short of the glory of white Jesus. That's fine. That's the line you all go to. But you fall short intentionally every day when you vote against everyday folk. You know, the community that you hate, if you believe in God, you realize they came from God too. All right, Jackson, thoughts here. Yeah, she's just like a rebel without a cause. She acts like a like a you know a twenty year old basically uh, vaping, and she was taking the pictures, doing everything that she could. But look, at the end of the day, you're a hundred percent right. Uh, the evangelical base is not going to care about this because she's a vote for what they want. You know, the woman who's supposed to be evangelical, but she got a grandbaby and she's 36 years old. But, you know, you're supposed to be an evangelical and you got all this uh, fire and hatred for people who live certain types of lifestyles. And then when it comes to the guy, the bar owner, I mean, you know, if this is anything to say, you know, a lot of the time people have these standards, but then they meet somebody and then they actually like them. Now, I'm not going to give that type of credit to this, but it's just funny to look at how people actually work in the real world. That's right. Um, but he, I guess he found her exciting and uh, no way he thought that he was going to get caught up like this. But, uh, you know, that's what happens when you're thinking with the wrong head. That's right. There you go. Well said, sir. A doctor hired for autopsy posted it to IG Live. Um, let's put up the picture. Insane. So, in an update, uh, Jessica Ross and Trevion Isaiah Taylor Sr., the parents of a dead baby who was decapitated. If you remember our original reporting, the hospital did not uh, report it to the authorities and, according to them, encouraged them not to do anything either. It was a funeral home who did so. Uh, this was during a botched delivery. They trusted another doctor to perform an autopsy on the child. But this doctor recorded the procedure and posted it to IG without getting or seeking their permission. As previously reported, the plaintiff said the mother went into labor in early July and went to Southern Regional Medical Center. She and the father claim that Dr. Tracy St. Julian decapitated their son. Okay, let's put up the picture. Um, Travion Isaiah Taylor Jr. during a botched delivery. Plaintiffs accused the hospital and the doctor of trying to cover up the horrifying truth of what happened. The doctor allegedly kept the couple in the dark about the decapitation when talking to them a few hours after the delivery. Hospital workers allegedly lied to the couple, telling them that a free autopsy was not an option under the circumstances. The complaint alleges that this false information was given to avoid a forensic autopsy and to obstruct the gathering of evidence, according to the authorities. Furthermore, the complaint alleges that healthcare providers at the hospital pressured the young couple to cremate their baby in an attempt to destroy the evidence 
It was only on July 13th, several days after delivery and a day after Ross left the hospital that staff told them about the decapitation. The plaintiff's statement said the hospital has said that St. Julian did not work for them and that she was only using their facility. They assert that the baby's death occurred in utero prior to the delivery and decapitation, that they voluntarily reported the death to the Clayton County Medical Examiner's Office and were cooperating with all investigations. So enter Dr. Jackson Gates, according to the new complaint, Ross signed a contract with him on July 12th to do the autopsy. The lawsuit filed on September 1, but recently reported, said that he hosted on July 14th video that showed in graphic and grisly detail a post-mortem examination of the decapitated, severed head of the child. Gates took it down, but then on July 21st, put up two more, according to the complaint. Again, these allegedly showed the autopsy in horrific detail. The plaintiffs were informed about the posting of these videos on social media, resulting in the plaintiffs experiencing feelings of shock, anger, humiliation, and outrage. A plaintiff statement said they had paid Gates $2,500 for the autopsy. And I want to remind you, they should not have had to pay at all. A forensic autopsy was allowable at no cost, except they were misinformed by staff, according to them. Ross and Taylor Sr. sent a cease and desist letter through their attorneys on August 10th, telling Gates to take down the videos. The IG account named in a lawsuit is set to private as of Wednesday. Gates did not respond to law and crime. Um, this is a young couple. One doctor, according to them, completely violates all sentiment of care. Then they seek another doctor to help bring them justice. And this doctor, according to them, violates them yet again. Um, people have to be held accountable. You get all of that education, you go through all of those certifications, you know better than us, you're the MD. You know the rules and ways we never could understand them. And then you violate trust in such a way that's baffling to the authorities. And now this has happened to the same couple twice. Two different scenarios, but done by people who hold extreme public trust. You know why the hospital said the doctor, the original doctor did not work there? Well, liability, liability. They contract with medical doctors all the time. That's how it works. Um, we're gonna bring you updates as they come. My heart goes out to this young couple uh, who did everything right according to the report that we have. Everything right, they showed up to prenatal and all of it to have something like this happen. Sharon thoughts. They should be snuggling with their baby right now. Yeah. And every time you say people should be held accountable, Dr. Ritchie, 
That's what I think we have to focus on the people. What is the hospital? Just made up of people. So many people had to conspire to do this filth that you or I would have been the one person to whisper in their ear and say they're lying to you. No one did that because too many people don't care about black people. And that includes people of color indoctrinated to act this way. I hope though it'll never bring their child back and never take away the pain that they too can reach an eight figure settlement like Melissa Rivers did. Remember that when they took pictures of her mother who then passed away during her surgery. Remember that? She's worth it, this couple's worth it. Right, very well said. Okay, very sad story. A woman decides to drag a teenager to the floor in a vicious and random attack. Let's put it up for a mass. Horrifying moments captured on tape as a grown woman assaults a 13 year old schoolgirl named Cassidy. Completely unprovoked. You can see in the photo right after the attack that her face was bruised, extremely swollen. The attack happened when Jones stopped by a local McDonald's after school with friends in LA's Harbor City. After leaving the bathroom, the woman claimed Jones looked at her aggressively before beginning to physically assault the minor. Jones says the attack was entirely unprovoked. In an interview with Fox 11, Jones says the woman said, quote, what the are you looking at? I fight kids, I fight you. And like I'm shocked because I didn't do anything. I don't know you, you're coming at me very aggressively for no reason, end quote. Members of the crowd videoed the incident as the woman lunges and pins down Jones on the floor. But you know, nobody came and helped the child. An unidentified man who came with the woman eventually pulled her off of the young Jones. The pair got their food and they were allowed to leave. The kid said, and I quote, I was focused on protecting myself because I knew the moment I put my hands down was the moment I was probably going to get beat to death, the girl said, adding that she was shocked because she didn't do anything to instigate the attack. Jones immediately called her mom, who then rushed her to the hospital. When she called me, she was screaming and hollering. And I'm standing there like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I just can't believe another human being would do this. You just do not do this. I mean, this is a 13 year old. No arrests have been made surrounding this incident. So this is an image of the woman accused of this brutal attack on the young Cassidy Jones. Neither the McDonald's nor the LAPD have issued any public comments about the matter. However, LAPD has opened a case and is currently investigating. Keep that picture up. If you know who this individual is, Contact the authorities so that justice can be served. It is a damn shame. It's a damn shame that nobody, nobody stopped this. Nobody affected 
a citizen's arrest. Let a black person steal a 99 cent item out of Dollar Tree. All of a sudden, everybody's the police. But an adult brutalizing a baby, you want to get clicks and views. You want to record. Listen, okay, have somebody hold your phone, say, hold my phone, keep recording for evidence. I got to take care of this. There are ways to do it. You don't allow an adult to brutalize a child like that. And then for McDonald's to allow them to still get their food afterwards, according to the report, and leave the restaurant, shame on you. You let down that community. All right, um, Jackson Phelps. Yeah, I mean, she needs to be in prison. I, I, she she is mentally unwell. That's an understatement. Um, she's dangerous, and you know, absolutely, like you said, shame on McDonald's and shame on everybody else there. Like, I mean, if I was there, yeah, she's a woman. I would have thrown her across the room. Yeah, get off of her. You look like beating up yeah. a kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. But um, you know, I think that she easily is one of the biggest miserable losers I've seen in quite some time. And uh, she needs to be in jail. So yes, anybody who knows her, please uh, let let somebody know because yeah. uh, that that ain't it for her. You know, she yeah. out here she out here causing problems. We look forward to bringing you the update. All right, we got more on the other side. Indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. A lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Um, we appreciate everyone in advance. Okay. Carlos Wright, uh, another tyrant exposed, talking about the road rage cop. Doc, keep exposing these tyrants and civil rights violators. And Miss Cardio Queen, cops are so damn emotional. They really are, aren't they? And then, you know, if you tap them, right, if you kind of pull away and Say, hey man, what you doing? Oh, that's assault. You injured me. It's felony assault on a police officer. So dramatic. Rock and roll forever. Uh, he works. He works for an auto glass company and is finding the customers. Talking about the two male Karens. Yeah. Bobert. Um, embedded dude. Bobert. Haven't learned anything from Trump. You should have claimed the video was fake and that Biden was behind it. Biden Facts. and Obama. Facts. And yeah. Hillary Clinton. And Hillary. Oh, there <laughs> don't, did don't forget. Right. Yep. The Holy Trinity. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, turn table one. She's been arrested how many times? And she has access to, to security clearance. She does. She got security clearance. Absolutely. Welcome to America. Um, Sarah AP, member for three months. Yeah, three months of free memberships. <laughs> Love this show and I get to watch payback playbacks when I'm busy during the lives thanks to this community. Look at that. Look at the love. I'm glad you're enjoying it. All right, thank you for being a part of the movement. And uh, okay, that's interesting. So Iron Man, Iron Man 42, damn, she she blew at the back of the person's head. <laughs> at least be discreet. Yeah, I know, she was just really, really aggressive about 
the whole thing. I agree with you. Um, and uh, that's interesting. Okay. Paper underscore dragon. Uh, talking about Trump's admission. Let's just be glad Trump doesn't speak in third person. All right. I, I think I've heard him do that before. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I have. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's Donald Trump, so it's Donald Trump. All right. Um, there's a family who has been racially harassed and they need help. Put up the picture for a mask and let me explain to you the background of this insanity. Natasha Jackson, Jay Franklin and their daughter who moved to North Branch, Minnesota have been victims of multiple acts of racially charged vandalism. First, a symbol of white supremacy was spray painted on their garage overnight. The next piece of graffiti got even more personal with Franklin's first initial included in the disturbing image of a hangman next to a racial slur. After both incidents, neighbors power washed and painted the garage without being asked. Franklin says people have brought flowers, letters and gift cards. One man came by to pray with him just saying, hey, we're sorry that you guys are going through this. This is really not how our community is. He said, Jackson says, the support has outweighed the negativity. Now, before I continue, I wanna say this. The person who prayed with you uh, is a good person. He's a good person, I believe, but there's a lie. And until we deal with that lie, you can be good all you want to, but that lie will cause you to never correct the dysfunction that exists. Here's the lie, this is not our community. That's a lie, that's a lie. Where do you think it comes from? These individuals emerge from communities. It may not be the best among you. It may not represent your personal values. These individuals do exist in your community. And until you deal with it as such, until you address it as such, you will continue to be reactionary rather than creating a proactive model to make sure individuals who express this kind of sentiment adversarial to your Christian belief or your values, whatever it may be, are no longer in your local community. This is part of your community, all right? There's more. As police investigate, they've recommended the family install cameras. Quote, I'm just worried about it. They take it any further than how our daughter's feeling and how it's going to affect her. It's already affecting her, Jackson said. Uh, Franklin says he will protect his family, but hopes the incidents don't escalate. I'm just here to protect my family and take care of them. But I just want, I just wouldn't want anything to escalate or get out of hand or get crazy. On the North Branch Police Department is asking anyone with information on a possible suspect, contact them, let's put up the information. You have their address phone number and you also have the 24 hour dispatch available if you have any information about what's happening with this family. So sad, uh, this is a microcosm of a macrocosm. This is actually happening to families all over the United States. So unfortunate, Jackson thoughts. 
Well, you know, it's the mainstream influence of racism in this country has never gone away. Obviously, laws have changed a little bit here and there, but you turn on mainstream cable news and well, Tucker's now Tucker's on X now, you know, he, he's not on Fox, but you see people like him saying the things that they say, talking about the great uh, replacement theory, talking about how there's too many gays, we're, we're, we're accepting uh, people too much. There's too many Latinos in your community. Um, you know, so it's no surprise that this has happened. But oftentimes we think about what we have overcome or what we're trying to overcome. We forget, like, oh, uh, the, you know, one of the women who was—I can't remember her name off the top of my head—but some of the first people to uh, integrate schools in this country are still alive. Strom Thurmond's uh, daughter, who was black, which is incredibly ironic. You know, what I'm saying that stuff just happened, but she's still around. Uh, my father's great grandfather, I believe, was a slave. Uh, so, you know, we're really not far removed from these things, so much to the point that we're seeing it escalate again. Um, so, unfortunately, it's a fight that we got to keep on fighting because that's what this country was built on, but it's not uh, how we have to finish it because we're a melting pot and they can't keep this country white at the end of the day. Farewell said. Farewell said. All right. I agree completely with one Republican US senator. Here's what he said. I've spent my last 25 years in public service of one kind or another. At the end of another term, I'd be in my mid 80s. Frankly, it's time for a new generation of leaders. They're the ones that need to make the decisions that will shape the world they will be living in. Now we face critical challenges, mounting national debt, climate change, and the ambitious authoritarians of Russia and China. Neither President Biden nor former President Trump are leading their party to confront those issues. On deficits and debt, both men refuse to address entitlements, even though they know that this represents two-thirds of federal spending. Donald Trump calls global warming a hoax, and President Biden offers feel-good solutions that make no difference to the global climate. On China, President Biden underinvests in the military and President Trump underinvests in our alliances. Political motivations too often impede the solutions that these challenges demand. The next generation of leaders must take America to the next stage of global leadership. Mitt Romney says, he's too old, Biden's too old, Trump is too old. Put them up for a mass. You have Biden currently at the age of 80. Donald Trump, 77. Uh, Mitt Romney at the young age of 76. While announcing his retirement from the US Senate, Republic, Republican Senator Mitt Romney on Wednesday called on those two gentlemen to stand aside for younger leaders. I'm no fan of Mitt Romney and his policies. A couple I actually agree with, but they are ones that most of us agree with. He brought universal health care to his state. It all of a sudden became a bad thing when President Obama championed it nationally. But the reality is he speaks truth about the sentiment of leadership. 
We've said it many times on this program. There are young progressives who are not compromised by corporate interests, who have not been purchased by Fortune 500 companies and the banks that float them. They're fearless. They care more about people than money. They care more about compassion than politics. It is time for a lot of leaders to step aside, not just Mitt Romney, not just Republicans, but also many Democrats. I hope this starts something, maybe a domino effect of individuals realizing the world is dramatically different. You may not be the best to lead it into this new vibration that's coming. But there are leaders who are ready. I mean, you may think they're too young. Dr. King was leading the civil rights movement in his 20s. This world has a way of preparing men and women for the current challenges we all face. Jackson thoughts. Absolutely, and one of the things that I mention all the time is the turn of generations always gives us opportunity, and there ain't nothing anybody can do about it. Yep. You know, you know, I always preach to look more local in terms of quicker change, but just in general, you know, a lot of these people are 80, 75, 77, as we pointed out, or close to that. So, regardless of what they would like to do, they times running out. And so, you know, the it's time for us to step up. I'm 31 years old. You know, a lot of people in my generation range from like mid 20s to mid 40s. We're in a managerial position now. We have life experience now. We we we've lived long enough to actually know what we're talking about. Some, um, and it's our time to shine. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. So, I think that uh, there's plenty of room for hope. I'm hopeful, and uh, I'm excited about the future because I know that I'm a part of that change. So that's right. That's right. Always a pleasure, dear brother, having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Absolutely, always a pleasure to be here. Check me out on YouTube, that's youtube.com slash at politics and paper. We got daily streams, three weekly programs, and I launched the membership program today. We got the hero package, the superhero package, and the super duper hero package, you know what I'm saying? So go ahead and check me out at politics and paper. Always a pleasure to be here with you, and I'm excited to keep it, keep things moving forward. That's right, dear brother. So are we. Thank you, my friend. All right. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.